welcome to the Code Monkey Podcast, the podcast so podcast it is now available on video. The trolley problem isn't just for philosophers anymore. All of science is wrong, and Star Trek is poised for one hell of a comeback. I'm your host, Kevin Giese, and with me, as always, is my loyal ho- <laughs> loyal co-host. Martians may call him, <laughs> but we here know him as Alex Bragdon. Alex, how are you doing? Hi, I'm doing well. And in two dimensions, plus a dimension of time... So I three, guess. three dimensions? dimensions. Wow, there's three dimensions. Also, is is audio a dimension? Yes. Well, I mean, so, if video is a dimension, clearly. Well, video is two dimensions. Mm-hmm. But it, but neither of those two dimensions actually encode the audio information. So is audio a third dimension? Video is not just two dimensions. You've got X and Y, and then you've got brightness. You've got saturation and hue. So you've got five dimensions for video, plus then audio. And if we record it in stereo, which we don't anymore, we used to, and then I stopped. So I was trying to keep file size a little bit smaller. So we're we're like so eight thousand dimensions, six dimensions. Eight, you can round it to eight between. Thousand. Yeah, if you if you round up. Yeah, rounding is important. Oh man, how was your week, Ben Alex? What have you been up to? Uh, nothing, just things. Okay, just normal normal lifey things. How about you? Um, yeah, normal lifey things too. Guess, guess what machine I'm, I'm joining you with on, on join, what? I don't know. I, 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 your phone? Uh, close. Uh, no, I have my Windows machine and it is working, Alex. It's working. It's working. And what has that enabled us to do? Uh, well, so yeah, now we are on video now, which is, uh, which is crazy. This isn't really a podcast then. Yes, it is. I, is it? It's a vodcast. No, see, podcast is a broad term for thing that is syndicated, basically. Is, are we syndicated? Do we play at like eight o'clock on we are CBS syndic- We have an RSS feed, Alex. That yeah, is the but definition of syndication. I feel like we should be <laughs> on, like, on in old people's homes now. Like, that's what syndication means, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Can you, there's probably, can you, like... Now I'm wondering, is there like some TV land of the future, but for like YouTubers and stuff where and all they podcasts. do is like they play like old Zay Frank <laughs> videos. And <laughs> yep, that's definitely going to happen. Oh, man. Sure. Yeah, that's going to be amazing. Oh. Well, it is kind of weird, though, because everything is so ephemeral now. Right. It, yeah. That People I do sort of wonder, like, will things. we even have... Will there be like the an oldie station for this type of media? Because generally, we don't even care about it the week after we've seen it. Yeah, I have no idea what videos I watched last week. Um, so I, I think I watched one from this dumb guy. I don't know. He had a beard. <laughs> but do you feel, no. Okay, but do you feel like? <laughs> but do you feel like when you're in a retirement home and stuff, you're going to be like, man, I wish I could watch old YouTube videos from the early knots. Well, probably. But I probably also will have plenty of pudding to distract me. That's true. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Though, um, I don't know, pudding may have been outlawed at that point. I don't want to live then. I do not want to live <laughs> in a future where pudding has been outlawed. I know, man. We got to keep those healthcare premiums down. No more pudding. Or you, you can, can have blend have, like, rule in the shape and form of pudding. I want Soylent pudding. Oh, God. Okay. Mm. <laughs> no. Not even a little bit. Uh, but yes, we're on video. Yes. So hello. We can wave to you. So if you are uh, a can. loyal listener. I don't have any arms. What's that? 
You're oh, very right. insensitive. I Alex, how many arms. I'm sorry. That's I, I apologize. That's very insensitive of me. Um, if you are interested in, uh, so basically, before we launched this season, uh, we were tweeting out and being like, hey, suggestions, and hey, what do you consume your podcasts on, and things like that. Um, some of that included things like SoundCloud, which I am working on still, or maybe <laughs> will be available. I don't know. I'm guessing. I don't know. We'll have to see by the time by the time this episode comes out. We're making a push to try and get onto SoundCloud with this with this podcast. We're also now on video because apparently a lot of people like to listen to podcasts on YouTube. Yes. So in in probably you'll just have minimized this in the corner and you won't be able to see it. I can't imagine anyone's gonna actually watch the video. Well, I don't know. Maybe. 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 Maybe we're entertained. Maybe. I I could see like this. like people put on like news talk show stuff. If in they the had two monitors, I can see right. people with two monitors may watch the video. Yes, I mean there are a couple. I like I've. It's occasionally enjoyable to watch that sort of thing. I don't know. Some of the yeah. time, I it, I, if I had a second monitor or like I had my laptop playing it or something, I might have like the actual video showing. But like with Hello Internet and stuff, I just minimize it. You wait. So you listen to Hello Internet over YouTube. Okay, I'm like it depends. This is, I, this is so weird to me. Like this, I, I can understand it if people are actually recording faces, but yeah. the whole flat screen with just like voices over it to me is like, well, why not just mm-hmm, audio well, files? Well, the well, the YouTube stream is actually behind the actual podcast schedule. So usually, if I'm like going back to look for something, I will use the YouTube thing, or if I'm gonna like. I want to re-listen to a particular episode for whatever reason, which I've done on like a handful of occasions. Mm. Um, then it's just more convenient to do it on YouTube. That's so interesting. Pull out my phone. Yeah, but you could just pull out your phone and then just. But you have, you my have phone podcasters. is in my pocket and my hand is on the keyboard. But you've also there are podcast apps for compute. I don't. I know. have one installed, but like, <laughs> I'd rather use YouTube because I'm already there. Wow, you should be a marketer. That seems I that seems like a good. A that seems like a, a proper madman pitch thing right there. <laughs> I market air. Wow. Yeah. There is I, huge I, demand. Well done for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, I drove myself out of business because everyone wanted it. I don't think that's how. <laughs> no, because I was marketing for another company. Like, so the company that provides air, well, had hired me as a marketer. I got everyone to use it, and there was no one left to sell to, so they fired me. So air is not something you need more than once. <laughs> well, no, but it's addictive. So oh it's god, a so self-market. there's no need to market. Right? Okay. Right. Yeah. But at so the same time, like you still there are still ads for Coke. Like it's not like yeah, Coke but, is gonna like. Oh my gosh! I wish that I. I if only I knew of some beverage. <laughs> like if is, only I knew of some soft drink that tasted like a cola. <laughs> like you don't I, need I, to market Coke, and yet there's a huge, huge amount of marketing for Coke. There is. And there's like that polar bear, which I never understood. And I wonder if they're going to have to be able to keep using the polar bear because of global warming. Oh, man. That's a good point. That may be the turning point where companies decide to fight against global warming because Coca-Cola can't use their mascot anymore because they're about to go extinct. (laughs) I wonder if polar bears is just like a reminder, like a general nudge toward like North Pole and remember our associations with Santa and Christmas time and that whole thing. Yeah. Like, so like when you can't, because obviously you can't use Santa as a marketing gimmick outside of the holiday season, but polar bears like at least maybe make 
force you to make that connection in yeah. the back of your mind. I'm sure there's some psychological thing. I'm not a psychologist. I could pretend to be a psychologist. Kevin. Yes. How did that make you feel? Marketed to. And what did you think about that? I agreed. Okay, good. That was a good session. That'll be $300,000. Well, thank you. I very much appreciate your time. Same time next week, right? Sure. All right. Yeah. Should we we get to some of our stories then? Well, actually, no. Before we do this, I should say, if you are interested, because this is the whole reason we're bringing up this darn thing. Okay. If you are, so if you are, if you are actually currently watching this in video form, good job. You found it. If you are not, um, we will have a link on the Code Monkey Podcast on CodeMonkeyPodcast.com and in the show notes for this episode. Um, I believe I'll have the the actual YouTube URL soon, but I I don't want to say that necessarily because you've got to have stuff uploaded and stuff before right. you get everything everything set. Yeah. I have been uploading, so the the back episodes are going to be uploaded with sort of the flat background. Mm. Um, although I did add some sort of like lighting blob thing, so it's not just completely static. Why? Why? For that reasons. Would, for reasons, would, Alex. Why? <laughs> um, wasting the Earth's resources, most, but whatever. Uh, dude, it, it took, yeah, it took a very long time for the MacBook to, to I'm render. I'm sure. It's like, oh, man, all right. I'm Here is sure. a 20 gigabyte <laughs> video file for what is an audio podcast with a flat image. Well, no, it's not a flat <laughs> image anymore because you deflattened it. It just got some little lighting effects. That's uh-huh. all. It's just to give it a little bit of motion, make it. So you, well, because I don't like video when you can't tell if something is frozen, as in, oh, the buffering thing is happening or it's broken, versus, oh, there's supposed to be nothing happening. I, okay. What? Okay. Okay. We. Good. Okay. Yep. Don't Whatever. argue with me on this one. <laughs> I I won't. You're the one who spent your time and my resources on it, but whatever. Your resources? My resources. I own the planet's Earth's resources. All of them. They're mine. Okay. We're going to definitely have to circle back on that one. But if you do want to watch this on YouTube, if YouTube is your preferred platform, please go ahead. And actually, even if you don't, maybe subscribe to the, to the Code Monkey Podcast channel anyway. Because, you know, it'll help us get this podcast out there, get it uh, into the arms of loving parents everywhere. I don't know. And, we need adoption. <laughs> here, here, here's this incentive for you to go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Okay. When I finish my time machine, I will post next week's winning lotteries numbers on the YouTube channel for just a few minutes. You so you have to be subscribed to the channel. It'll be like in a video and it'll be announcing next week's Alex, I'm not numbers. sure I'm giving you access to the channel. <laughs> Just I'll have a time machine. I can I can oh, you know, go okay. to the Ford into the future and get a quantum computer that can just brute force the past. Oh, see, I assume you would go back in time and then just build a back door in a Google. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, there's like a you million know, while you're things. buying stock and stuff. Yeah, there's a million things. So yeah, you definitely want to be subscribed to the YouTube channel if you want to see next week's lottery numbers. <laughs> so yeah. Do our listeners play the lottery? Well, they would if really like well, they I, they knew the answers. Well, even then though, it, like <laughs> I'm sure that you can find other people that will also tell you here are next week's lottery numbers, and still but, like somehow I managed to resist the urge to go buy lotto tickets. But I'm very <laughs> trustworthy, and they're not. Oh, I got it. Okay. I own all of the Earth's resources. I must be trustworthy. Well, <laughs> okay. Or a benevolent despot, one of the two. One of the two, but you know, you might as well. It's a 50-50 shot at that point. Either you win or you won't. 50-50 chance. 
All right. Two possibilities. Equally as likely. Yep. That's that's how <laughs> stats work. Oh, man. Speaking of stats, and now I'm going to reorder our show notes a little bit. There All is whatever. a video that is very important and good, Alex. Uh, yes. Um, there's a video it by proves, Veritasium. It proves that humans are psychic and can see into the future. Uh, yeah. Well, no, not at all. That's exactly what it proved. Exactly? Okay. Exactly. Okay. Well, anyway, so this video (laughs) is about the reproducibility crisis. You may have heard about this. I think we've talked about this a little bit on the show. Yeah. Um, This is when we need that continuity person to be like, Kevin, you've talked about this eight times on the show. Shut up. Like, just move on. You've brought this up a million times. Um, But no, so the reproducibility crisis is this whole thing that uh, mainly started off in, I believe, the psych field that some psychologists were like, hey, Let's do a meta-analysis. Uh, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm psychologizing you. Oh, okay. Like, yes, you realize TV. you're on video now. You can't just like flip off the camera and things. Well, this is, no. Okay. <laughs> I hit the mic. I hope you're happy. Well, well done. Now I'm going to have to go through and figure out. And I don't even know what to do. No, maybe I just won't edit them now. Maybe we're getting completely unedited podcasts. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, um, did a meta-state try to do a whole bunch of, tried to reproduce a whole bunch of, uh, Studies that were published discovered, hey, a lot of these don't work. Mm -hmm. Um, Veritasium made kind of a video talking about like, hey, is science worthless? Yes. The conclusion, of course, is yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we're done here. We can just kind of pack up and go eat Smurfs. You don't eat, not Smurfs. What are you talking about? (laughs) I don't know. I meant to say peeps, but I said Smurfs. Why would he, why would eating peeps even have anything to do with this conversation? Well, because it's a thing to do that isn't science. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I caught overwritten. I don't know. Right. I don't know what my brain is doing, Kevin. Oh, man. We shouldn't record we should, these on Fridays. <laughs> well, we generally try and record these on Thursdays. But... I know. Someone, someone who will go nameless requested okay. to record on a Friday this time. Yeah. That that darn nameless person, and probably the same <laughs> guy who also submitted. A <laughs> no, I, I I know for a fact it's not the same person. All right, the the petition. Anyway, okay. <laughs> so science is worthless. Well, Moving no, on. So this video talks about um, some of the ways that you can do bad science, basically. Yeah. So, for example, like, hey, I think that poking Alex in the face will make him cry. No. It turns out not to be the case. No. Um, But I could go, you know, I really want this to be the case. So I'm just going to poke him enough times, and then he'll cry. And then as soon as he cries, I stop. I don't collect any more data. Okay. And then I go, oh, look, there's a correlation right there. Yeah. That's what happens. And that's that's not really the thing I took away from that video. It wasn't like they were forcing things to be wrong. Right. It was just that, like, statistically speaking, because... Of our acceptance rates, we have a fairly low and sort of arbitrarily picked five um, percent acceptance rate. Um, well, no, but also like he, he just he did also bring up that there were things like, hey, yeah, let's he measure did. let's measure one input and five outputs and see if there's a correlation. No, no, no. So basically, you go like, hey, because we're just dealing with the sample size, it's much more likely that you're going to get a correlation out of one of the. You know, if I if you look at yeah. if I say I'm going to measure everything that Alex does tomorrow. 
And I'm going to say like, all right, one day I poke him in the face. The other day I don't poke him in the face. Mm. There's going to be some pattern that just happens to coincide with the days that I poke you in the face. I can be like, oh, when I poke Alex in the face, he speaks French sometimes that day. Or we, <laughs> I don't know, whatever the thing may be. I don't, okay, this is, yeah. <laughs> I don't really know any French. I don't know. But okay, like the days that I poke Alex in the face, he goes to Chipotle. Right? Okay. Well, the, but that may not have been my hypothesis to begin with. It's just because I'm tracking all of this information, yeah. I go like, oh, hey, look, Chipotle is that's one. So I can go like, hey, poking Alex is in the face makes him go to Chipotle. Yeah, it's just um, looking for Whereas it may have been that that is not true at all. It could have been like, hey, poking Alex in the face means that he rides his bike to work. Yeah, it's just because you're measuring all these sorts of different things, it's much more likely that you're going to find some sort of correlation because you're measuring way too many things and you're not setting up your hypothesis in advance. Yeah, no, that's definitely a problem. That wasn't the strongest takeaway that I took from the whole thing. Okay, well, I, what I, was your strongest takeaway then? Was that we, because I've always heard the, pe- like, you you're, you want to look for certain changes and you want to make sure that the probability of those changes just happening randomly is less than 5%. That's yes. like sort of the standard thing. And I, I learned that in high school and I've had it repeated in college and all that stuff. And then he just sort of casually mentions like near the beginning of the video that no, that just number was sort of arbitrarily made up by this one guy and put in a book and everyone just sort of adopted it for no real reason. That's the biggest problem to me. Like <laughs> this is the standard number that like all papers are published yay or well, nay Well, not on. all papers because he also mentions well, that, you know, other sciences use much more strict numbers. Yeah, but like still it, it, it it's this number that I've heard a lot and it's just made up for no reason. Like, well, but uh, the thing about Alex, there's no every any number that you decided on would be chosen basically for no reason. Well, it's the point we where we throw up our hands study. and we go, "That's good enough." We need to do a scientific study on what the correct number is. <laughs> that's that's not how, and it it'll works. be recursive. It'll be it'll make a recursive call to itself to figure out what number it should use. Okay, there we go. I think you solved it. I have. The really sad thing is that there are, that's the really crazy thing to me is like situations where bootstrapping recursion actually does work. Yeah. Like just the idea that that is a, can be a thing just seems insane to me. Like languages that are compiled in themselves just blow my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm like, how does that even, what? (laughs) It's like you build a scaffold and then you build like a beautiful, I don't know a marble statue on top of the scaffold and then you remove the scaffold and then it's just sitting there in the air and you're like, how did that doesn't actually make any sense? I would, I would go and stand under the marble statue if I were you, Kevin, that not, might, that might work out well for you in the end. Wow. All right. Thanks. <laughs> that is harsh. <laughs> this is a very violent podcast, Alex. You, you are using like soapstone, uh, marble, right? I have no idea. Nope. I have no idea what that is, but I know soap makes bubbles and bubbles are light. So if you use soapstone marble, which may or may not be a thing, it won't hurt. There we go. On you. Well, but they're light, but they don't flow. Well, it depends but on the density of the air. helium marble, them. though. Eh, maybe. There maybe. we go. It depends on how, how dense the helium in the marble is. Well, we know how dense helium is. Well, you can make it, like, dense. You can change the air density. It, it's, that's not the helium part. Yes, it is. No, that you I can't mean, change the density of helium, Alex. Sure, you can. No. You just put more of it in the same size container. That's not the density of helium. That's the density of some arbitrary thing containing some par- no. partially helium amount. The, no, 
If you, if you have 100%... I agree, we shouldn't record these on Fridays. Neither of us are doing particularly well in this video. Anyway, it's a good video to go ahead and watch. The thing, actually, that I took away that I thought was even more kind of important is the whole... Because he talks about some of the reasons why that scientists aren't malicious, usually. No. Um, you know, you can argue in some cases, like, I don't know, the vaccine guy might be one. Where I'd be like, maybe he's an evil person. Like maybe the, the, the guy know. who bought the vaccines for like a twelve dollars and then resold them all for like a million dollars. That guy? No, no, no. the The guy who's like, "Hey, vaccines cause autism." <laughs> oh, wait, oh, no, they don't. Oh, yeah, I was guy. lying. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think yeah. maybe that guy's not like a. Oh shoot! Bad statistics. Whoops. Uh. Maybe that guy's a jerk. But I, but for the most <laughs> part, um, there are reasons why science is conducted in certain ways that lead us toward these bad assumptions. So for example, generally not publishing reproduction studies. Mm, um, that you know, we gen- that if you go like, Hey, we found the quark and then you go like, I'm going to look for the quark and Hey, I didn't find the quark. Generally journals aren't, aren't likely to, uh, is, is, to publish those. Yeah. But isn't quark usually at his bar? That's, that is very true. You're transitioning early. We're still on this story. Well, I, I, I don't know if I'm transitioning. I'm just suggesting where you might find Quark. That is, that is true. Um, but if you were to look somewhere else and not find Quark, the, generally the space journals aren't going to publish that research. <laughs> I don't know. So g- generally you are incentivized to try and, try and find crazy hypotheses and yeah. that there's more of a penalty um, for not getting published than there is for publishing something with no results or publishing stuff that is wrong. Um, and so it's so we kind of have these warped incentives, which to me says down with journals, down with money, journals, money, I hate journals. I hate get, journals. I so hate much. money. We, we just get rid of money. It solves all these problems. All right. All right. Yeah. You get it, rid of your so, money first. <laughs> and uh, then I'll. Sure. All okay. Right. <laughs> all right. Uh, here's money. There. I got rid of it. Wow. It's a good thing we there. have video. Okay. You have video evidence. Yep, video evidence. Alex has completely gotten rid of all of his money. I, I do. Going to live There's a life no of more money. Scientific, See? ethical no, poverty. No money. It's empty. <laughs> there, I've gotten rid of all my money. All right, all right. Um, but yeah, I don't like journals, man. Journals make me angry, and also just the in it, like. So yes, obviously there are going to be some incentives toward what gets published. But for one thing, like the idea that we have a culture of academia that is based around publishing rates. Yeah. Uh, as a metric for tenure is probably a really stupid bad idea. I, I um, totally agree. But it also really bothers me that um, all of these journals are closed. If, I, if the journals are going to be closed, then basically the journals should not be publicly accessible at all. That it should not be that it should not be um, you know tabloid writers and and media writers that are looking at the abstracts of these papers and going like, "Hey, chocolate cures cancer." <laughs> Um, no, yeah, the, and particularly yep. because, and like, there's an. I put an example in the show notes that I was going to talk about something about you know quantum computing, but that's behind a twenty five dollar paywall. So we're going to have to talk about that next week after I've saved up the money so that I can look at it <laughs> and read it, figure out, not just talk about from the abstract. Um, but especially when we're dealing with things where these numbers may be spurious or there may be reproduction studies that we're not able to to do things, how are we supposed to know anything if the real information, the real science that is being done, is guarded and gated and particularly the numbers, the confidence intervals and yeah. the steps to reproduce and the actual experiments run and the samples, the population size of the experiment. 
which is often so tiny. One. Like, hey, we gave five fat people an extra glass of water. (laughs) None of them lost weight. Ergo, water doesn't matter. Or, you know, whatever. Water doesn't matter. But so often the sample size is so small, but you don't know because that's not something that gets picked up. And it's information that's not available unless you pay $25 um, or have to yeah, enroll no. at the university that pays the journal no. their license. I mean, we've had, we, we've had this discussion before. We should just give all information away for free. Yep. yep. I agree. Oh, yeah. man. That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Like it, it, would just fix, fix, it would fix academic journals. It would fix all the copyright misery. We'd be able to start it, creating derivative works again. It'd be huge for creativity. Get rid of patents, and medicine would be super, super cheap. Yeah. Everything would and, be amazing. Movies would be free. You could watch every movie for free. Mm, yes. Yeah. If it's their information, I could take all your money because all information should be free. So I could have your bank account numbers and all that stuff. I do wonder if you had a. <laughs> well, okay. All of encryption, all of those numbers are free. Yes. Your RSA yeah. key is free. <laughs> it's yep. free and open. Um, I do sort of wonder if you had an environment where basically we did have some laws that just said like, no, copyright cannot be a thing or copyright can only be a thing for like five years or whatever. Um, And would we have an economy? I mean, because obviously there are you do need to fund science and you do need to fund creation of stuff. Um, I think the, the argument to be made now is that, hey, maybe a billion years plus the author's lifetime is enough time for them to make their money. Um, and yeah. it's not going to incentivize them to make further stuff. Or um, even too much time, really. A billion years. Yeah. Even That's like right, life too, of yes. the author. That's even I mean. like life of the author plus 75 is stretching it. That seems, yeah. To, to me, life of the author, that should be it. Like there's no, yeah, there's no incentive. In, in, in uh, like the argument is that I could sell my after death rights to somebody for a profit, right? So I'm like, I'm going to create guess. this amazing book. But man, if I can only make the amount of money that I can make in my lifetime, well, that sucks. But well, if I can sell the right to, to some company, the ability to publish mm-hmm. it after I'm dead so that they'll pay me in advance on that, that I can enjoy while I am alive. Well, maybe that's the thing that pushes me over the threshold of like, hey, let's actually make stuff. And that's kind of the argument for copyright. But yeah, to me, I would say like maybe five years. Like maybe that's the maybe that's it. Yeah. That five years would be good for me. I would be perfectly happy to say anything that I make is public domain after five years. Yeah, so would I. Like, doesn't matter, like, if I make, even if I decide to make movies, if I decide to write a book, I don't care. Just, like, after five years, do whatever. Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing is code is copyrighted, right? Yeah. So, Google has been around for more than five years. (laughs) So, you think, like, their logo should not be copyrighted after five years? Well, the copyright and trademark are different. Trademark is more of a consumer protection argument. Okay. The idea that you can trademark McDonald's and I can't come up with another company that is red and has yellow arches and call it McDonald's because then people go in and like, oh, it's actually I'm serving salmonella yeah. okay. and then McDonald's is damaged for that. You know, the, basically the idea is that trademarks so is are, the are there so, you, so that consumers can distinguish between different entities. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so Google fair. would theoretically be perfectly fine. Uh, that's I mean, well, that's kind of a separate. Yeah. I mean, their code changes thing. like. I doubt they use much of their five-year-old code. Yeah. And I, I doubt it's important code that they haven't already open-sourced. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, five. I could see five years. Unless, I just, I'm afraid if you come up with some super good algorithm that could potentially be, I don't know, what... Well, I guess like the big question, like the, the big, like, so Disney is the, is the big troll of copyright, 
um, and they have been for a very long time. They've been, they were the yeah. force behind the MCA. I believe they were the force behind the one in the 1980s that extended it from like 50 plus author to like 70 plus yeah. author. Um, and generally, yeah, they're very copyright heavy. Um, the argument that you have to make um, is that with, <laughs> is that, so let's, let's take 10 years as the example. Okay. So Lucas makes Star Wars. 10 years later, anybody can make a Star Wars movie. The argument that you have to make right now is that The Force Awakens is better than everything that would have been made if anybody could have made a Star Wars movie since the 80s. I think that's a very hard argument. Like, yes, it is very expensive to make The Force Awakens. I think it's really hard to say, like, this outweighs everything that would have happened if anybody could make a Star Wars movie. Okay, see, I'm, I would actually argue that, well, and, I, and I'm kind of afraid that movie companies would sort of overuse this, but I think if you make a sequel, I don't, like, I don't think you should, hmm, like, the original movie hmm. I d- should have some sort of extension based on the sequel, because I think the sequel is effectively, like, extending the life of the work. I don't I, know. I, I, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Because but then, it could, but then basically, I could just create a sequel every ten years in perpetuity. Well, granted, Halloween's well, doing that anyway. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, it sort of further incentivizes them to do so. That's like well, that's the issue. Okay. But I think it de-incentivizes them if if they're losing stuff. And so we might not have had Empire. Which is arguably the best Star Trek, uh, Star Wars movie. It's arguably <laughs> Might even be the, the best worst Star Trek Star- movie. <laughs> no, it's not the best. It's the worst Star Trek movie. Empire Strikes Back is the worst Star Trek movie. <laughs> oh man, actually, I would watch that. Just like the Klingons, just like invading everywhere. <laughs> what? <laughs> the Klingon Empire Strikes Back. Yes, the Klingon Empire Strikes Back. Okay, be we're gonna make that now. Well, because you know Michael Dorn. Never got to really do enough Star Trek. <laughs> we yeah. need to get him some work. <laughs> he he was in more episodes of Star Trek than anyone else. Yes. M- more. Yeah. Yeah. More than anybody. And yeah. Which is Call weird because I don't know. Yeah. I, I never really liked Worf episodes. I liked Worf as a character. I hated Worf episodes. Yeah, well, I think some of them are some of the lowest rated. So you're not alone. Okay. Yeah. You're not alone in that. I never particularly minded them. I wouldn't the, call them my favorite. But. Didn't generally mind them, but some of them just like, uh, okay, come on. Uh, that's my I, little I, I liked his kid. His kid had a good name. Alexander. Well, there you go. Yeah. All right. Fair a enough. plus naming skills. <laughs> Wharf's estranged wife. Oh, man. So speaking of ethics, which we weren't, but copyright law sort of slightly relates to ethics. <laughs> it's ethical to name your children Alexander. So. All right. So speaking of that. So we've talked about the trolley problem many times. I don't even need our continuity editor to remind me of the fact that we've talked about the trolley problem many times. Yep. But I, I agree. We're talking about it again. We are. <laughs> we are. You're not just bringing it up for no reason. Well, no, because the trolley problem has now advanced. There have been breakthroughs in the trolley problem. <laughs> uh, trolleys now have retro future thrusters attached to them to go no, really fast. There is a, so there is a site out there that I think is really, really cool. It's moralmachine.mit.edu. It'll be linked in hey, the show notes. I know where MIT is. Where is that? Just, just over point, there. Just point for those for those watching the video stream. It's, it's over there. Right, that direction. So slightly up and so in that corner no, of the room. Not Alrighty. really up. 
Yeah, MIT is <laughs> just in the corner of my room. Right. Um, so they've released this thing, and basically it is the trolley problem, but for self-driving cars. So Alex, beep. imagine you are a self-driving car. Beep, beep. <laughs> Thank you. That's exactly the problem that you're encountering. There are people beep. in your way. Beep, beep. You have you are going 60 down a road, and you're beep, about beep. to run into a lot of people. Now, you can swerve and hit a roadblock, killing everybody beep. in the car. Beep, beep. Or you can go straight and kill the people outside of the car. So, as a car, Alex, I'm going to be acting don't talk. In- Beep, 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 beep. So what beep, do you beep. do, Alex? Beep, 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 in the car's own best interest? Yes. Okay. So, so the if you car driving, should minimize if you driving, damage If to you itself. are a self-driving car and you're empty and you have the choice of hitting a lot of people. Correct. The choice of hitting the Pope. Yep. And the Dalai Lama and Beyonce. Yep. Yep. Or crashing into a wall. A pool of lava. <laughs> Which brings us up the question of why are the Pope, the Dalai Lama, and Beyonce next to a pool of lava? <laughs> We'll come to that later, Kevin. Right, okay, we'll come that's to a whole, that later. That's, that's ethics level too. All right, right. Yeah, we can. We gotta get through the basic. Yeah, I know. I think you should. The car should act in its own self interest and not go into the pool of lava. Well, so this this website basically lets goes through a bunch of different examples, um, mm-hmm. and then you know deals with people of different ages. You know, for example, what if you're about to hit an elderly person and there are kids in the car? Um, yeah. Uh, they they also try and look at latent racism and sexism as well. Um, and basically you can click through and basically like, here are the two options that the car can do. You choose one. And then they will go like, hey, these are the tendencies that you uh, portray. Portray. Yeah. Did, did you go ahead and do this, Alex? I did not. Oh, OK. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I didn't realize it was there. I I, I missed it. Oh, okay. Well, that's fun. Oh, yeah, because we got the whole twirl down thing. I wish that. Yeah. I wish the show notes would would not do that. Or would would I, auto twirl down. I, yeah, I only saw the TechCrunch article. So uh, you put the TechCrunch article in there. Oh, did I? Yes. Well, that's why I what what what. But it, it, I don't know but anymore because you know you ended a TechCrunch tech article uh, to that TechCrunch article, um, and so uh, by Ernie Bray, and it asks us to consider the following scenario: self-driving car is rounding a corner, lined with pedestrians on the right shoulder. When an oncoming car veers into its lane, how should the robot driver respond? Should it steer into the pedestrian to avoid head-on collision? Should it risk its passengers' lives by steering leftward over an embankment? Like yeah. there are these are choices that we have to, at least in theory, we've got to have some sort of rule for resolving. Yeah. I think most of these problems can actually be resolved by installing a bunch of springs on the other side of the car so it can just jump up and over the people in front of it. Right. Like, so many of these problems would be solved. If but then we'd also have to that. get rid of tunnels. I guess you could put it inside a tunnel, sure. But then you just put, like, a phase discriminator on the car so it can phase through the tunnel. All right. Actually, that would solve most of the what problems. What if we just, so, you know, like, you know when you go bowling with a little kid? And they put I just can't like say I've done that a bunch, but okay. With the, your little siblings or whatever, like or when you were little, and they okay. put the little bouncy things up in the yes. in the gutters. Yep. We'd have that, but for roads. Okay. And then everyone's fine. 
we kind of already have those. We have divided highways. Yeah, no, those aren't those aren't bouncy though. And those are more like crashy. <laughs> okay. We need something that's a little more bouncy. All right, we'll install Goop. Goop. All right, Goop. Goop. Goop will solve the problem. Well, no, I was I was interested to look at this. So I I went through and I I did this and basically what it didn't tell me I was racist or sexist. Um, <laughs> very good for you, Kevin. It didn't tell me I was ageist. It's also good. Um, well, age one is age is a, an interesting question. Yeah, um, I agree. Is that you know if you, if you have the choice, so basically if you're in the position of like I'm going to kill someone who is ninety or I'm going to kill a three year old, is there a decision that the car should be making? Yeah, I mean, and I think there's sort of a utilitarian argument there, right? Um, because you know a younger person is going to give a lot more to society than a than older person theoretically, um, just sort of as an average. Right. That's. I mean, you can't make generalizations like that, but like computers work on averages and statistics and statistically speaking, that's well, the case. So the one thing that they did identify as a kind of a bias for me was I used a particular heuristic, heuristic and I was interested to see if that actually picked this up. Um, but when every when everything was equal, so you're dealing with um, you know, the same amount of lives lost either way, um, I generally just preferred inaction. So if the car is mm-hmm. in one lane and it is going 60 miles an hour, then it is just going to continue going 60 miles an hour. Mm. And the consequences being whatever. Why they not are. brake? Um, what's that? Well, the, theoretically, I mean, well, no, theoretically, you brake as well. But basically, uh, oh, you don't okay. make a, you don't, you know, that it's, and it's sort of the, the same as the manual trolley problem is that we have sort of this intuitive instinct that if you don't engage in the scenario of flipping the railroad track, right. you're not at fault. It's fine. You're, you're, a de- you're an isolated system. Right. Um, and I yeah. think that. I sort of stand by that with self-driving cars, not for the same reason, but in the sense that I feel like if a car, if a car is stuck between two terrible scenarios, the one that is most that where it's, it's output, where it's, it's future state is as most similar to what its current state is, is the most predictable from an outsider perspective. Yeah. So for example, so like if I am, if I'm racing, so if a car is racing down the street and there's someone in the crosswalk and I can swerve and kill the passengers, mm. I don't. Because it is much more likely that if we know that a machine stuck between these positions is going to maintain its current behavior, it's much more likely that we can change our own behavior around that. Yeah. Get out of the crosswalk. Right. Yeah. Um, Or we just learn, like, never be in a crosswalk when self-driving cars are around because, man, those things are crazy. Like, this is what they will always do. I think it's more important that, yeah, their decisions are consistent and predictable. So that we can design our, our own no, behavior I, around whatever yeah. that policy ends up being. Like, as much yeah. as I would like to say, like, let's identify everybody. Like, the software engineer doesn't have to know what the car is going to do because then he doesn't have to deal with the guilt of it. The company doesn't have to know. The government doesn't have to know. It would be like, it'll flip a die, right? It'll flip a coin and pick one. Yeah. Like, on the yeah. one hand, yes, it means that no, no one bears moral, res- moral responsibility, Except like in a dice. situation with well, the guy who invited dice, <laughs> the guy who invited, invented, <laughs> invented, invented dice, yes. dice. Yeah. Um, like on the one hand, I like that because then no individual bears personal responsibility for the choice of of the car. Um, mm. Assuming that you're dealing with a situation where every, you know, death is equally likely in whatever sort of decision. Um, but yeah, I'd also rather it be predictable because I feel like then we can design our society around knowing what the outcome will be in those sorts of situations. No, I I 100% agree. These rules need to be decided and standardized fairly soon. Fairly soon. Yeah. Uh, Which is going to be a fun, fun times with fun times, McGee. (laughs) 
Is that the name of your self-driving car company? <laughs> yes. So, fun Times McGee. Oh, man. It's like a sequel to uh, Herbie the, the Love Bug. Fun Times McGee. I love I loved Herbie. <laughs> Herbie Goes Bananas was my favorite. <laughs> oh, man. We are old, Alex. I am not old. <laughs> I am Alex. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. So, I get the impression, um, based on the all-caps show note here, um, well, actually, no, because I do want to point out, Alex also generally, so occasionally I'm a little late in getting stories into the show notes, uh-huh. as in like I put them in that same day. And so Alex will like make a note in the episode floor. He'll be like, yo, what's up? <laughs> um, and then I'll go like, oh, OK. Um, this well, time I added like five different stories. And then Alex goes in and he writes, hey, what's up? <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of confused. Is well, this I mean, is this a topic you, you wanted? To, but this time you put it in quotes as well. Well, so no, is this like you, you wanted to discuss the the hey what's upness of the show notes. No, you misunderstood what that was. I, <laughs> this is you had common with us in show notes. You you hadn't you hadn't written the sort of intro block the the welcome block yet. Uh, okay. So I wrote it for you this time. Okay, no, is each, oh oh well, I apologize. Thank you. Because I wrote, yeah, I wrote a very long. No, generally I save the the intro block to the very end. So then, if we add stories throughout the week or a few minutes before, oh, I, or whatever, I know, I know, um, I then just we can billboard. Wanted stuff. to. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> too late now because we're recording this semi live. Semi live, except no one but us is. We're watching. recording it live. We're not broadcasting it live. Correct. Um. So yeah, no, no going back and changing the. <laughs> That sounds fun. I'll just like play the intro and then, hey, sup. And there we go. We go to the show. <laughs> yep. That's what I was thinking. Oh, man. I really do want to try and improve the theme music, though, because. Well, you could add a lot more bassoons and ukuleles. <laughs> and I think is, that would really I could. improve it. I, yeah. I have a ukulele. I could get a ukulele. No, the really sad thing is that intro music is probably like the best that I could pull off with my current understanding of. You could add bassoons. Bassoons are so easy. (laughs) I don't know enough. That's the thing is because I was never in. I that's the problem with being just a piano guy. Is like never in band, never in orchestra. Mm. I don't know what a bassoon is. (laughs) I know what a bassoon is, but I don't know generally how you split up, how you orchestrate. I have no idea either. Um, Like I can play a, I can I can play a full orchestra part. Like I can play out of a conductor score on the (laughs) piano. Oh, I see. Like I can, I can play an entire orchestra's worth of music on a single instrument, but I can't take a single instrument and expand that out to an orchestra. Like I don't know. Like oh, here's a theme. Is that supposed to be strings? Is that supposed to be trumpets? I have no idea. Like no, it's all supposed to be bassoon. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that that's just the default answer. Like it's always C. It's always bassoon. I mean, generally, it's a matter of like I go and I lay in like a small piano track, and I'm like, what does this seem like? It's missing. And I'm like xylophone. I always, xylophone is always like the thing that I go to right away. Like <laughs> well, that's this, just a weird piano. No, because it's percussion that is tuned. Like you could do well, a marimba too, but that's a little too. But it's basically a piano. Yeah, but it's not. But you don't have piano. But it's in basically a piano, right? But you generally don't have piano in orchestral music, so like that's what you get. You could well, go with a bad orchestral music, I guess. But that's bad orchestral music. The best orchestral music is has a grand piano in it. Like Joe Hiyashi's works always have a piano in it. I am not familiar with this person. Uh, he uh, does all of the music for Hayao Miyazaki's films. Oh, okay. And they're always he plays the piano 
Um, and oh, well, that's very sort of different. I mean, like the music, movie soundtracks generally do have yeah, piano underscore because it's very easy to transition in and out of, and a piano kind of does generally pretty decently on its own. I guess, but he. It's not always there, and mm. I, I don't know. I really, I really like his soundtracks. I think he's one of my favorite composers yep. of all time, and it really makes really makes those movies for me. Nice. What were we talking about again? I have no idea. Um, yeah, the I intro. have no idea. Oh yeah, if you so are we're back at the beginning of the podcast, we've yeah, looped around. I don't know. I may need to. Do you know someone who? Do you know people who are good at orchestrating things? No. I would love to just be like, hey. Nope. A person who knows about orchestrating things. Can I pay you a certain amount of money? Like, take this bad version of this thing that I wrote, make it sound good, and eh. I could call Joe Hiyashi, but I don't speak Japanese, so it All might right. not go that well. All right, well, give it a shot. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> All right, I will. <laughs> and in the meantime, it is time to talk about Star Trek. I like Star Trek. The final frontier. These are well, the voyages of some starship whose name do we know? Discovery. Oh, that's the name of it as well. Okay. These are the voyages of the Starship Discovery. It's continuing mission to seek out new life, new civilizations, uh, to boldly go where no one has ever, ever been, ever. Except in the future. Except in the, right. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. So you, <laughs> so this was the problem is that you added this a little bit late. And then, the, so Alex in the show notes has Star Trek Hi. in all caps, and he has a link. And this is a Reddit that is just a curation of other links. Yes. So I Kevin's like, so Kevin, right before we start recording, has been messing around with setting up all the video recording stuff. Oh, and sure. Going through, sure. writing all the show notes. And then he goes, all right, uh, I should double check and make sure I get some pull quotes from all of these. And then he looks at the Star Trek one and goes, oh my God, this is a day's <laughs> worth of clicking around and messing around on the I internet. I added to it know. yesterday. It was brand new information yesterday that we couldn't have added it any oh, sooner. Man. Okay. So. Yes, we have information. Oh, man, the first headline here makes me sad. Okay, what is it? Well, the first headline is, we'll be set in the Prime Universe. Ten That's years good. Ago. No, wait. Yes, Prime Universe is the original series universe. Oh, good. The not reboot bad universe. Correct. Okay. That is the, Hooray! the spinoff universe. Well, sort of. No, because now it means that you can't even watch it without knowing that none of it matters anymore. <laughs> It's a tangent time. Devin, you ever seen Back to the Future 2? Doc explains it fairly well. <laughs> All right. So looking through this this Reddit, which uh, <laughs> so Star Trek will be set in the Prime Universe, um, takes... We should, we should mention what we're talking about first. We're talking about Star Trek Discovery, which is a brand new, made-for-the-internet uh, Star Trek <laughs> TV series. Oh, man. Can you, like, made-for-the-internet... Is it bad that you say made for the internet and then I immediately go like, oh, so crap. Like, we well, make stuff for the internet and still, like, just the made for the internet. Oh, yeah. well, it's the straight to DVD of our age. <laughs> well, the first episode is going to premiere on traditional cable networks. The, the traditional CBS broadcasting networky thing. Right. It's not cable, it's aerial. Um, right. And then they're going to sort of be like, well, if you want to watch more of that, you have to subscribe to our thingamadoodad on the internet. Unless and you're not in the U.S., in which case it's on Netflix, like right. a normal thing. Right. Yeah. So, so if I, you're in America, die in a fire. Well, or Love just CBS. get a VPN and pretend to be in yeah, not America. Basically. But then um, deal with the latency of that. It's Netflix. It can buffer. It doesn't matter. Depending on what Netflix device you use. Like, if you use the Xbox Netflix or the Samsung TV Netflix, then it doesn't buffer very much, which is frustrating. Well, 
Oh, okay. I was like, didn't, don't usually, I don't, well, I don't usually VPN my Netflix. because I don't I mean, usually VPN my Netflix either. Cause usually v- it's way better being a right, US Netflix yes. subscriber yeah. than a I know people US. who, I know people who VPN into the USA to use the better Netflix that we have. Yes. This is, this no, is, a this would be like, I'm going problem. to, yes, I'm going to VPN into Australia to enjoy all of their television. Bro- like, no, that's not what happens. <laughs> people do that with the UK for Doctor Who though. That yes, that is true. People will go because they've got that. How the heck do you have? How the heck does the BBC have iPlayer? That feels like maybe it's they funny. don't have good trademark law over there. But that seems like that's a little misleading. That feels like yeah. it should not be a. So the, you have to remember the BBC is entirely taxpayer funded. Yes, but so no, they but make just, all their money that way. Yes, but the idea that they call it iPlayer—that's the thing that that oh messes me up. Of, like that it's seems a like government. A, it's a government do, thing. Yeah, a government still, can do what it wants. No, governments can't just do whatever they want. They're still they theoretically they, accountable they, to their own laws. We sue our own government all the time over here. I guess, but Apple isn't just going to sue the government of the UK. Yes, they would. Verizon I, sues our government all the time. Yeah, Apple sues Verizon, our government all the time. Facebook sues yeah, our government. Verizon. And Speaking of which, evil. did you know that Verizon now owns every company? Yes, actually, it's true. Even I'm owned by Verizon. So Exactly. This yeah. podcast is brought to you by Verizon. From an alternate timeline. Right. You're just covering us for legal reasons. <laughs> no, it's, it's true. We oh. are brought to Verizon in an alternate timeline. Okay. Man, so, yeah, Verizon I, owns I, everything now. You know, it's crazy. You know, technically infinite timelines. Eventually, there'll be one of them that thinks they own our timelines version of the podcast. <laughs> I read a book called Dark Matter. I think that you will enjoy because it talks about it's heavily focused on multiverse type stuff. I mean, um, I don't really, I don't need to read a book. I just, you know, experience <laughs> it every day. Well, it is just I, I'm just, I just figured I'd throw it out there because it seemed relevant. If you're interested in reading fiction that's, you know, kind of uses uses multiverses like a lark uh, as just sort of a plot device for for the story, um, go ahead and pick that up. That is uh, Dark Matter by. An author. <laughs> An author. It is by Blake Crouch. And it was released okay. uh, just a few days ago, actually, I think. Uh, and you've already read oh, it. Oh, no. July 26th. Are you, are, you, are you caught up with all of the books in Humanity? So you're just, like, reading the new ones as they come out? Yeah, now? I'm just like, there's nothing left for me to read. So authors, <laughs> oh. if you could get on it, like, ugh. All right, maybe I should write a book. At least you would buy it. <laughs> I definitely would. You, you I would run out of material. Exactly. No, I mean it's it's mostly that like I go to Audible when like when I run out of my twenty four yeah. or whatever, and as I yeah. go and I look and I go, oh, what are the new things? Um, so there are a couple that I've that I've read that have come out just in the past few weeks. Mm. Um, it's not that I'm like on some sort of list going like, oh, I wait, I can't wait for this author's next thing. You just um, see what's out yeah. I just see this. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I take fair. that back. I did read Penn Jillette's book, and that was one that I was waiting for. Well, I'm, um, I mean, I'm sure we all have authors that we like to, you know, watch. Right. Mine, most of mine are dead, unfortunately. So Poor when are they coming animals. out with the next? <laughs> so that mailing list is kind of kind of dried up. Then. Yeah, uh, yes. Yeah, uh, I'm has. sorry. That's where the multiverse comes in handy. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Bring it back around. Okay, so to what? So Star Trek bring I don't know. Okay, <laughs> Star, <laughs> so yeah, well, Star Trek we, Discovery. We, you, you brought us back from like three tangents to still a fairly heavy nested tangent, but I'm going to bring us back. Star Trek Discovery. Yes. So this is CBS, uh, which is being terrible and putting it on their CBS exclusive distribution network, which will probably mean that this will not be picked up for another season, or that CBS will go, oh, maybe we should put this on. 
a platform that people can view. But I, I think Netflix will save them from that. I, I actually, because I, I used to think the same thing that they would never get a second season. I think the Netflix numbers would be high enough just because Star Trek is sort of a global phenomena that it will save the show and they'll get a second season. Well, you did. I mean, basically, you have to have a big international audience for it. Basically, yeah, but, but what has to happen is then the international audience has to be larger than the U.S. audience, which well, is weird. I I don't think it has to be larger because... Well, I mean, it I has think, to be so big that people are like, hey, maybe we should just do this in the U.S. too. Right, yeah. Um, which I, is going to be kind of weird. Well, no, but I, I think there'll be at least enough people that it'll be profitable for them. I suppose, um, you know what, also, if, they, if CBS releases it and then the next, when they release season two, if they do renew for season two... If they put season one on U.S. Netflix, yeah, and then they go, "Hey, look, every nerd binge watched this a year after we made it because now they can get to it." Yeah, <laughs> like maybe that's something that'll help. Well, the problem is most of those nerds would have already gotten to it, whether or not they got to it that way or not. That's the thing, the the, the legal way or not. So, so okay, uh, this is ten years before uh, Star yeah. Trek: The Original Series. Yeah, so it's a prequel, but when it's not was as Enterprise? far. So Star Trek Enterprise was the foundation of the Federation, uh, Federation about 150 years before okay. uh, the original series. So I believe this was the- back. This so 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 we had Enterprise, which was like our science, but a little bit futuristic, and then you had uh, the original series, which is like, oh my god, we've no, we've lost the capability to special effects. Yes, and then you had Next Generation. Just like we love the eighties ish, like and eighties and nineties. <laughs> yep. Oh man, and my chair is getting squeaky. I can't use this for podcasting anymore. All right, well, sit on the floor. All right, that's your new. All right, let me let me just role. read through these links that are on on Reddit, and then we could kind of dive into chatting because I want to make sure that we do get to these. So um, apparently, it takes place. Uh, it, it takes events mentioned in previous iterations, but never fully explored. Um, the incident is not the Romulan War. Which is interesting because the original series, there's the neutral zone is a relatively new thing. Yeah. Um, it will have a female lead. The lead will be a human, but not captain. It will be a lieutenant commander with some caveats. Yes. It will be we'll a 13 episode season. Um, have a few more aliens than normally in Star Trek. Um, having a gay character will be serialized, but each uh, weekly chapter will also feature close on stories. So traditional Star Trek-y, traditional just drama yeah. Um, let's see. So close to the Kirk era that you can play with uh, a lot of the a lot of the old design from the original series. Yep. Not subject to broadcast standards, so able to get away with stuff that you can't do on you know you can't say that on television. Just not on the first episode. Um, <laughs> right. Spock's mother might be featured. Yeah, I thought but, that was. Why did they bring that? Like, I thought that was a very weird thing. Like, Spock's mother might show up. Okay. Yeah, that'll just remind me to be sad about Leonard Nimoy again. Thanks. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, let's see. And yeah, lead nothing in captain. Well, we've seen six series from a captain's point of view. All right. A series will center around an event referenced in the original series. Ooh, there's some speculation time. Yeah. Um, yeah one of the really. alien characters named Saru. There will be robots in Star Trek Discovery. You can bend space and time. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Section 31, baby. Oh, man. And let's see. The rest of the cast also feature an openly gay actor to play one of the male leads, female admiral, male Klingon captain, male admiral, male advisor, and British male doctor. And, oh, God. CBS All Access information. There will be ads about 12 minutes per hour. 
But they might have an ability to pay even more and not have any ads. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> that, Maybe. Yes. The head of CBS All Access says, and I'm just going to quote what they're quoting here, so I'm assuming it's accurate. It's the lightest ad load you can get. No, well, no. 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 Here's what you don't understand. Every person. Every The person. lightest ad load you can get is no ads at all. Well, no, it's actually negative ads. Oh, that's true. That's technically lighter. So if you get negative, if you have a show with negative infinite ads, it yes. will delete every other ad in existence. <laughs> God, that'd be fantastic. Um, you know, space, the final frontier. Don't buy Coke. These are the voyages. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. That's probably what's going to happen, but I, I think you've called it. Okay, so yes, yeah, Spock's mother seems weird to me. The uh, <laughs> um, center around an event reference in the original series. Now, this scares me a lot because, Why? well, especially because they're like, oh, you can bend space and time and robots and stuff. So this reminds me of a lot of the original series episodes where they have the the god human man child character, where um, Lincoln shows up. That or what is it, Trelane? Not Trelane. <laughs> Somebody. They're, I don't know. Spock's brain comes to mind. No, 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 not, not Spock's brain. I'm talking about I, basically the ones where uh, you have um, Olympus, a very immature God character. Yeah. Yeah. So Olympus was one, but there was the other one. Uh, I think it was Trelane or something. Yeah. I know what you're talking um, about. Well, there was but, literally the baby that had a giant head. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, they were not. So Star Trek, the original series was not. It mm, it was let. It was not really Arthur C. Clarke in science fiction. Shall we no. say? <laughs> no, they had a dog with a horn on it, though. That was pretty cool. That was very futuristic for the, <laughs> very impressive for the time. It was. It was pretty sweet. They had to was buy like, like spirit an gum and stuff cone. and an ice cream yep. cone. Yeah, they had to invent some great. way to yeah attach the ice cream cone to the dog. <laughs> And not have him eat it. That was the hard bit. Well, the other, the other, this whole thing of there's a, the, the, there's a female lead who will be not the captain. Right. So it's theorized that it may take place like at different points. So like time will pass. Unlike, like in Star Trek, every, like most of the other seasons, like nothing ever changed episode to episode. You could technically watch them in any order. Except for Deep Space Nine. Like Deep Space Nine tried to pull away from that. And so did Voyager. Yeah, um, and they got they got away with it less than they wanted to. And so then they're all like, "We're going to go right battle Star Galactica." Goodbye, Star right. Trek. <laughs> yes. Um, and so I think they're going to try to have more of sort of an evolving, you know, cast, um, right. and so that people change up and like the lieutenant commander gets her own command, and then the lieutenant commander becomes an admiral, or then time travel happens. So now these three episodes are set when she is a captain, and then time travel, and she's like. A robot. I don't know. <laughs> but here's the thing that makes me a little bit concerned about that is that it implies, like, yes, all of these Star Trek series have had captains, but the implication in, like, oh, well, we can't have a captain means, like, the captain matter. Like, it really, it with the exception of the original series, it was designed to be an ensemble show. I agree. Like, the fact that, like, oh, no, but we you can't, can't have a captain. Like, like, why do you even have a lead? Like, to me, you should be you, like, hey, out of our 13 leads... One of them is a female lieutenant commander. Like, that would be something I would expect them to say. You can't argue that Picard wasn't the main character of The Next Generation, though. You can I argue don't. that Data was the main character of that show. 
I, but like Picard has the. But you first certainly, line. you certainly can't argue Picard that for Deep Space Nine and Voyager. You cannot no, no, argue you're in right. any sense. No, you're right. That's for Deep Space, but I, Deep Space Nine and Voyager, I think, really did pull off that ensemble. But I do think that Picard is the main character of the next generation. Um, he had like the first line. He had the last line. Uh, he narrated yeah. over most of the episodes. Like he was. Oh no! Yeah, no, no, no. So I'm not. I'm not arguing that it, that it's happened. But I'm arguing that when you say like, "Hey, we have this lead, and they're not a captain; they're a lieutenant commander," you're saying this is the spotlight character. Mm. Now you're saying we have a spotlight character. I'm like, why? But mm. I bet. I bet they advertised like John Luke Picard. I mean, like, I bet they they said like. He's the main character. Yeah, no, no, no. The no I'm just generation. saying, like, it makes me nervous about this series that you're going to have. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to follow a single. I don't want to follow like Walter White in Star Trek. Like, I don't want to follow a single character. I would. That would be really <laughs> funny. <laughs> That'd be crazy. He falls into a time hole and like winds <laughs> up like. But I don't want to follow know. a single character. I don't want to follow a lead character in a Star Trek universe. I want to see a Star Trek ensemble. I want to see. Oh, it's and they describe a Star Trek ensemble. Maybe they they literally describe what that ensemble is going to be composed of. Maybe. So I'm not that worried. I'm I, I'm staying hopefully optimistic. Okay. So what is this event referencing the original series? I'm imagining that no it is idea. like the Olympus or something. That, that's I the have. thing that does scare me. It's like, what if it is like one of these? Like, oh yeah, there's this omnipotent god being. It's messing with space and time. I well, it w- and it was never shown, so it was just something mentioned, like. Well, Captain, we had a remember the time recursion of thirty seven ninety two, uh, which would be far in the future for Star Trek, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, so twenty. Remember the Star Trek and the Star Trek incursion. That doesn't even make sense. I don't know. <laughs> so it's like it'd be some sort of offhand remark that they're just trying to build on. Um, I suppose yeah. is my, my understanding of what they're saying, but. Like, like eventually, like I think a couple of times they come across some scientists who's like, "I've been working on this for three decades," and so maybe like it would be just him, but like prior, I don't know. Who knows? Oh, yeah, I suppose. It, it, it's been mentioned, so there'd be some sort of continuity, but I know it's, never it's just it is. It does make me a little nervous because the original series you had all of these sort of immature god characters, and I think that um, the next generation did a very good thing. With Q. Yeah, they just billboarded it right at the top. They hung a lampshade on it. They're like, hey, we're Star Trek. We know that we have these baby god characters that we use for plot devices shamelessly. Yeah. We're just going to have a very self-aware version of that, and he's going to be the only one. Right. Like, we promise if it's not a Q episode, then you're fine. Things and he'll only show up, like, fiction. once or have, twice a you season. You can have your, your, sci- your space opera science fantasy stuff when Q is here. When he's not, we're going to be a sci-fi show. Okay? So it's fine. <laughs> I, and, I mean, I think... Because of that, Q even had some of the strongest episodes. Oh, by yeah, definitely. Yeah, because you because limited they, it and you knew, like, okay, this... Because that's the problem with the original series, is that you went from these whole, like, oh, we have McCoy stranded on this planet trying to distill a vaccine. And you're like, why not just magic it? Because magic is part of this universe. Like, when you have right. the, the way to, the link, to telegraph to the audience, like, these are the rules of the show that we're playing in right, right now. And, like, mm. having Q as a separate character meant, like, okay, just within this context, we get to be a little crazier. Yeah, I mean, and especially having Q be like somewhat evil at the beginning. Yeah, like he 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 definitely got tamer as it went on, but he was almost a villain at the beginning. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, although he's sort of morally ambivalent villain, but it was, I think it was mostly just there to show like, wow, Patrick Stewart really does not like being on Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> like that was. <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> like that, that was basically Mike. the theme of the first season. It's like, wow, Patrick Stewart is really like, no, I am above all of this. I am so above yeah. this. Well, the <laughs> first season was before Riker grew a beard. And yes. then he grew a beard and everything was fine. Also, John Delancey is amazing. Yes. Uh, I I have... I have the pleasure of meeting John Delancey. He's one of the few people I have an autograph from. Nice. Um, and he, he's, re- I, I love Q. Q is amazing. Q Who, Tapestry, some of my favorite episodes of Star Trek. I don't, remember them, I don't remember them by name, unfortunately. But I do like the majority of the Q. They usually have the letter Q in them. Well, yes, I do. I do. Yes, I, I recognize that. I really did like the, I liked the, the the Q episode on Voyager with the other Q, right? Yeah, who wanted like the to civil not war. I have any more? Yeah, the the literal civil war yes. Q, <laughs> the civil war. Q. Yes, I literal. thought that was very well done. But it's again like you can still tell meaningful stories in a in a fantasy universe. Oh yeah, but but the problem with the original series is like you had. It blended them. It, it blended them, and it didn't make it clear. Like, all right, these are the times when it's this, and here's the times when it's not. Yeah. Um, and so there were episodes where, like, we want you to take this seriously and realize that the stakes are very science-y. And, uh, and then Abraham Lincoln would show up. <laughs> yes. And in Abraham space. Lincoln would show up in, in the middle of space, floating around. And then evil Kirk would turn and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dramatic music would play. Yes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that, that was yeah, the much. soundtrack for the original series was something else. It was pretty good. It was, it was pretty something. All right, so um, we are a little past an hour. So, Alex, what are what is your paragraph of thoughts about all I, of this Star Trek news? Oh, uh, well, I'm super excited, and I think that they actually might pull it off. And I'm really, 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 really hoping that it doesn't wind up really good and then get canceled because of their stupidity. And well, it isn't on Fox, on so that's a start. <laughs> Right? I know, but like uh, Star Trek like about Whedon pushing- is not associated with it. It's not on Fox. It has everything going for it. Yes, I, you're right. You're right. But what it doesn't have going for it is that they're a distribution experiencing it. They're experimenting with it. Yeah, and but you have to. I know. I know. I just wish they could have done it with something that wasn't Star Trek because we don't have a Star Trek TV show. Well, I wish they could have made you know, a Star you, Trek. You have to you have to experiment with Star Trek with any Star Trek with any continuation of any series. I know, and I think it, I, I I like I fully expect to be angry at season one, and then if it continues to like the rest of it, right? I mean, because if if they have a season two, some character needs to grow a beard. I don't care who it is. <laughs> it, can, it can be the female lieutenant commander. Sure, there you go. perfect. Or a robot. Or a I don't robot. care if the robot cares wears a beard. Oh, he just puts one on. Like the first episode of season two is him like gluing a beard to his face. <laughs> Perfect. Well, here's something that's, that I, I do want to ask about. Is it because there, there is an obsession with like, let's go back and explore the original series. Let's go back and explore the original series. Let's go back and explore the original series. Can we finally be at the point where next generation and everything else counts as nostalgia? Like that, it's not that because the I guess I, I at least my understanding is like we have to play to the Kirk's thing because that's when like we need to get new nerds and old nerds. Like, can't we be like, hey, old nerds watch DS9 and Voyager? Like, let's have so there's a there's an interesting there's a link buried deep in that Reddit page of links um, that talk about uh, somewhere I don't really know where it is. Um, it, it it links to a tweet by the showrunner um, who is like. All good things 
when someone asked him, you know, will we, why, why can't we see after the next generation? Um, which is interesting because All Good Things is was also not the, the end of the next generation cast at all. Well, no, but it was the last episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Right. Um, and it seems to be hinting that we might see that. We might, like, I think it's that's when Section 31 sort of starts kicking in and the whole time travel degook. Oh, right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not. And Admiral just, Janeway. And, <laughs> yeah, Admiral, Admiral Janeway, Janeway and the plot died. device of doom. Admiral Janeway and her super armor of awesome. Her plot armor. Her literal <laughs> <Yes>. plot armor. <laughs> oh, man. In case you don't notice, I outrank you. <laughs> <laughs> you do a really fantastic Janeway. Thank you. It's just Catherine Hepburn. That's because that's what, like, she's been imitating Catherine Hepburn her entire life. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Alrighty. So, yes, Star Trek, cautiously optimistic. I would, I'm hopefully optimistic. I'm not just cautiously optimistic anymore. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm building up a hope. Alrighty. I'm building up real hope. Don't screw it. When does this come out? Uh, January. Oh, God. That's very soon. And it, it doesn't get... start shooting till October. What? No, doesn't start shooting till October. Oh man! But I'm optimistic. I, I'm optimistic. We should. It's only thirteen episodes. It's only thirteen. That's enough time to get out to LA, right? Uh, to be an extra, it's shooting in Toronto. Oh, brilliant! I'm like, I could walk there. Yeah, but it, you don't live in Toronto. That's uh, fine. And you're not a Canadian citizen. That's that's you, fine too. You can contact an agent if you want. But sure. I, uh, um, agents I, I look, come at me. I would love I, looked, to, I would love to play a lieutenant commander female lead human not <laughs> captain. I meant for I looked into trying to be like a background person. Mm-hmm. Um and because it's just so high profile, you literally have to have an agent to even be a background oh, yeah. character. Like just to walk by in the background. Yeah. Um and like I, but yeah, generally, unless never you have, acted before. I think if I remember right, like for the, the Star Trek motion picture, they they did have kind of open casting for um, like the the undock when when oh, the okay. left dry dock. Um, yeah. But basically, anything else when you have just like you know, generally that's like an extras guild type of thing. Um, so yeah. unless you need like a throng of people, it's generally closed. Yeah, but well, I, I was gonna I'm gonna keep my eye on out for a Toronto based <laughs> large numbers of people needed requests. Well, fingers crossed where no one has gone before. I, I'm excited. Yeah, we'll get there. 